Hello and uh, welcome to the Fizzle Show. To the Fizzle Show. To the Fizzle Show. Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. This is the Fizzle Show where every Friday we publish another conversation about the art and science of making your living doing something that you care about. In this episode, what are the five most important lessons in indie business? Listen, there's so much crap out there that you need to learn. So many tips and tricks and best practices to start using in your blog or podcast or business of any shape or size, right? So today we wanted to kind of cut through the smog and prioritize the biggest, baddest, most important things you should know. This list isn't everything, but each item on it is essential if your business is going to succeed. Barrett Brooks has been working closely with indie entrepreneurs for the past two years, long enough to see the patterns, but not so long that he's all withered up inside, right? So today on the show and in the text uh, at, the, at the post of the show, he's going to share the five lessons he feels are the most important to entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes. Now, it's a bittersweet episode for us at Fizzle as Barrett is actually moving on to the next stage in his career. And this is the last official episode he'll join us for. All right, more on that in the conversation. And just in case you don't know, as a listener of this show, you get to try out our expert courses in Fizzle for free for five weeks. Simply go to fizzle.co slash try five to watch the video where I do my English accent a bit and click start my free five weeks. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 169. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. FreshBooks is small business accounting software designed for small businesses like the one that you're making. It helps millions of service-based business owners make everyday invoicing and accounting easy, fast, and secure. So if you're a freelancer of any kind, this is the kind of thing you're looking for. All right, let's talk about cash flow tracking. Okay, all the little details about cash flow in FreshBooks are kept in one place. FreshBooks knows exactly what invoices you sent, when you sent them, who's paid you, and who owes you what. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been a freelancer, but that's some serious business right there, actually, honestly. FreshBooks is incredibly intuitive and easy to use and saves me five to 10 hours every week, says Justin Sundling, a general contractor. So here's the call to action. You guys ready for what they're offering us? FreshBooks is offering a month of unrestricted use to all of our listeners totally for free right now. And you don't even need a credit card for the trial. To claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com and enter Fizzle in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right, let's get on with the show. We are ready to go. All right, everybody. We're going to get in a podcast mode. We're going to have a little bit of a podcast. Sorry, I'm looking for I it. I thought here. about bringing a snack to just like for you, oh, Chase. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Just a good, eat, good just little... eat on air. Oh, even that. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> it's right in my ears. The mouth noise. It's right in my ears. Barrett Brooks is back, and we have big news. This is going to be Barrett's last episode with us before he moves on to what is next, which we will get into the details of. Ooh, you're just jumping in here. here. I'm, yeah, yeah, straight I'm, away. I'm coming in hot. I'm Don't coming in hot. No, I'm, just, I'm not burying Don't the lead. Don't bury the lead. I'm not squandering my launch because we got something good to talk about today. Do you yeah. know what I mean? We got a good topic to talk about. But before we get into that topic in particular and before we get into the details of all the big news, guys, how's your father? Oh, man. Mm. 
That's a bad one. Yeah, that's not such, <laughs> Dang. Not such a good one. That's not a good one. Yeah. We can take that and mold it into what you meant by that. How yeah. About that? How, about, how, about, how about sometimes Sometimes our jokes get in the way because real life is real you know, life. Do you guys think that by the time you're 70 or 80, just nothing's fun anymore because you've experienced it all and you, no. you can't say anything without re- remembering Probably. something that happened going, oh, that's a bummer. You probably just what, get used what do you to mean? laughing about it. You either laugh about it or you're just morbid, I bet, at that point. It's like, kill me or life's good. Who cares? I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> yeah, that's why they toot so much. They're always tooting. Old guys. Because just like they realize, listen, there's a few good jokes, but none of them are better than a misplaced fart. <laughs> I, can, I can relate. Both, <laughs> a well-placed, I think you meant to say. Both toots and fathers. So my father taught me uh, a scale of measuring um, yeah. flatulence. Would oh, you like to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. It's a toot. A toot. A poot. Uh-huh. A tally poot. <laughs> what? A flim. A flam. Wait, a flim is larger than a tally poot? Yeah. Wow. A flim, a flam. A flim flam. Uh-huh. A tear ass. Now you're now. <laughs> and, a, gets... and a ripper. <laughs> you have to be kidding me. That's great. So no, you can, and, you can oh, name your flatulence. Hold on. Are these different genres or are these are they it's completely different? Like whatever you feel. Because I'm imagining a Richter scale. Oh, I mean oh. it is a little bit like a Richter scale, but it's more just like what do you feel like describes your... Uh, that place to, up there on the tally poot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like an old British thing to me. Yeah, yeah. Maybe but it is. I, I, would, I just love that it's Barrett's last episode, and so he's like, screw it. Let's do the, <laughs> let's do the fart humor. <laughs> he's, been saving, he's been sitting on that one. It's no, time truly. to talk about poots. Tally poots <laughs> and rips. Let's get into it. I'm Barrett Brooks, and welcome to another day of flatulence oh, today. Man. You yeah. might be uh, wondering how you're going to keep yourself from farting out loud on the bus as you listen to this. Well, I've got some tips and tricks for you. So the great thing is my dad taught this to my wife as well. Okay. And uh, so my wife will do it, and she'll say, uh, a toot. A poot, a toot and poot. <laughs> it's not a toot and poot. Barrett's out there in the uh, damn man. garage tooting and pooting and doing God knows what, man. That's my impersonation of Nicole. That's a bad That was horrible. Uh, hey, I'm Nicole. What is going on, man? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Just like mater tails. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we all are. There this you is go. great. 90 degrees in Portland, sweating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to yep. get a little sweat going. All right, let's talk about our topic for the day. You ready? Yeah. So, Barrett's been working with us at Fizzle for like two years mm-hmm. now, yeah. right? So, and in that time, he's worked with a lot of what we call independent entrepreneurs. Indie entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs of all shapes and sizes, lots of bloggers, lots of podcasters, lots of makers, lots of freelancers, lots of anything. Insert the blank. Mm-hmm. And what I'm curious to know in this farewell episode is what are some of the things that you've learned like the biggest lessons learned as you're watching all of these people and you're teaching them and you're like, Hey, giving them advice and then they don't listen to it or they do, or like you're getting surprised by this, that, and the other. I'm just curious to hear when you look back on the last two years, what are like the sort of like things that feel like the, the biggest lessons uh, to share and, and ask you to prepare some stuff. You've got some, you got some things to bring and let's just get into it. I think it's, I'm excited for it. It was a good question. Actually. It made me think really hard about how do you distill well, really what we've all learned, I think, but like, you know, two years of work, how do you put it into a few bullet points? But yeah, one of the first ones that came up was, uh, when you're talking maybe to anyone, but definitely to any entrepreneurs, money is like the most touchy of topics. You, you, huh. if you draw a line in the sand on money. I remember we, yeah. I don't remember what we did, but at some point we suggested a line in the sand on a money thing that was like, if you're above this amount, you're 
X or, or something yeah, like it was, that. Yeah, it was actually like kind of pre-roadmap. We were talking about how to <clears throat> define some milestones yeah. that every fizzler would right. go through. And we're thinking, what milestones are common to every kind of business? Yeah. And one of the only things we could come up with was revenue. revenue. Yeah. And boy, that set off a uh, firestorm. Mm. Yeah, I've, I don't know if we ever, if I ever witnessed a firestorm quite as big as that one in response. I'm not remembering this firestorm. Oh man, it was crazy. The forums. I guess I'm just a, a little. While. Oh, is it mostly in the forums? Yeah, emails, yeah. forums. Email, uh, yeah, people were just people. going nuts. So that was fascinating too. I just found it so interesting. But the flip side of that is like the just true fact is that money is the key to making a business work. And I know Chase, like over the past two years, we've all kind of evolved on how we think about yeah. money for the fizzle business and how that allows us to do different different things and have more resources to pour into the business. And, you know, you always came up with this interesting point on money that was just like, money is the thing that keeps the wheels turning, you know, yeah. it's what allows the business to keep working. And that's one of my biggest lessons for sure. And it was one that I learned, you know, firsthand too, but then seeing it across so many people's businesses, it's just hard when your business isn't making money and there's not a good or a surefire path to getting there, yeah. or at least a, a clear plan to try man, people wallow. They can mm -hmm. wallow for a long time and it can be really difficult on them. Yeah, you know, I remember looking at, um, because I was always doing designs of stuff. So I remember several years back looking at, and I, when I would do designs, I always look and do a bunch of research on the audience. Like, who are these people trying to get in their headspace? So that was sort of, that was something that I geeked out about a lot, even before being at Fizzle. And I remember coming across a, a Seth Godin like post about, uh, like, you know, here 10 questions to ask about your audience or something like that. And one of them was like, how do they think about money? Mm. Like what's, or, you know, I think it was, what's their relationship to oh, money? Oh yeah. In terms of like kind of building a customer profile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like people to, to design the site for, or people yep. to design the product mm. for or something or the business around. And I feel like that's such an interesting question. It always makes me think, do a double take or think more about the person or the group of people than I was previously. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can make a lot of assumptions and you ask me, what's the relationship to money? And I'm like, hmm, I wonder, you know, are they totally. like this or like that? And there's a lot of ways that we can relate to money. Yeah. And you we know? have, you know, to be fair, we have customers who are all over the spectrum. Oh, yeah. Some yeah, people sure. who are really uncomfortable with it, others yep. who are very comfortable and, yep. and some who are earning a lot yeah. because they really focus on it. I think the thing that really came up was people didn't want to be identified by yeah. how much revenue they made because yep. in some cases it was because I think some people feel they're actually playing business instead yep. of building a business and they like to feel like they're further along than they are. And when, yeah. you, when you rub their face in it, it's like, no, actually you're not earning any revenue. So, yeah. but at the same time, they just didn't want to put these barriers between people because right. some folks have, you know, really great life experiences, even good advice, mm -hmm. even though their business might not be as far along. Yeah. Right. So yeah. It, it was a touchy subject. And, and ultimately we kind of backed off of mm -hmm. using revenue as a differentiator, right. but it is baked into the uh, roadmap. Yep. It's just, it's not, there aren't hard numbers. It's now it's like, customizable. We have the yeah. minimum viable income yeah which, which i love i think that was a like a productive way to come out of that conversation yeah. and saying okay we acknowledge like it's personal for every for every individual it's personal how much money you need to mm -hmm. make from your business maybe you just want a thousand dollars a month or maybe you want to replace your full-time job you need to define that though yeah and so instead of projecting onto people you know this is the number you need to make we just said define it for yourself mm. and then build that into your plan and i i really appreciate that we took that approach because yeah. I think it really brought, you know, it's so easy, especially when you're talking about audi the audience first approach that mm -hmm. we always talk about in building a business. 
it's easy to get caught up in that hamster wheel and never get off it mm-hmm. to actually turn it into a money-making business. Totally. And I think we kind of shifted that focus and said, okay, you got to have an exit ramp from the hamster wheel at some point and really turn it into a, yeah. a income generating thing. Yeah. I think that this idea of money is something that I've definitely, I mean, in my partnership with you, Corbett, and I think definitely bringing you onto the team, Barrett, we've, we've focused a lot more on on just our, our revenue because now you guys got to buddy up and just go sack <laughs> up in some like, I don't know, some the cabin and talk about numbers and mm-hmm. just go and revenue and all those just things. Spreadsheets. And, a and case Corbett, I just saw him just like scratching his neck, getting really into it. Just like, yeah. And then if we, yeah, I mean, if we double our revenue next year, then. Oh, and I could tell by the click-through rate that <laughs> everything's getting hot and heavy. But uh, and I was never, I was never able to touch him there, uh, basically. But in in watching you guys, and I've also I've learned a lot more about because I'm the stereotypical like creative who doesn't want to have to think about money because it sounds like pressure. It mm-hmm. feels like pressure. It it makes me less creative. And it also yeah, there's some weird thing that creatives have about they feel like they're losing street cred if they make money. Totally, or exactly, out or exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, what I've come to realize is that like that's just misinformation. Like that is just you're privileged enough to live in a world where you don't have to make it all about money, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this balance of like, I want people to do both. I want them to do 100% of both, right? To be uber creative, have, totally playful, totally make doing things that have no consequence, but that might end up being big, yeah. right? And totally safe on the revenue side. Mm-hmm. I, want to, I want 100% of both, yeah. right? And, then, and I've always felt like it's a dichotomy. You have to pick one or the other, mm. but it is a false dichotomy. And especially for me being a creative and a lot of people like me, it's like, we get paid more and we're, we're, we're more desirable when we're more playful, more crazy, more yeah, of this, that, and the other. Exactly. So it's this weird mix that's always been like, I think I'll make, I'll make more, I'll earn more if I don't think about it at all. Mm-hmm. And I just follow my bliss, so, for lack of a better term. But there's, there's so much intelligence to bring to it and so much of aware, awareness, uh, you know, a kind of consciousness to bring to yeah. it that I, I have learned over the last definite, you know, four years, but especially the last two as we figured out MVI and when we started the minimum viable income, we started teaching on that and doing more about it and, and having more conversations with people. I was like, this is a powerful, this is a, and that's something Barry, you brought in definitely. Like you were like, I did the business and money was what we needed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. That's what we needed and didn't have coming mm-hmm. in revenue. Yeah. And so you always kind of made it a point to go like, and I think Corbett, you're you're always. I mean, from a hundred years ago, back when you were, you know, still president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Um, you, I, I was after Lincoln. That, you were after Lincoln, but you were always like, "Blog is not a business. Blog is not a business. Mm-hmm. Blog is not a business. Blog yeah. is not a business." Right? Yeah. Because you saw how many people just go like, "I've got a blog now, so I guess I'm in business." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, there's no forethought. There's no understanding of your value proposition of of who you're selling to and what you're going to help them with in your product or whatever. So anyways, this idea of money being important is actually really interesting and a good first first point here. Yeah, yeah. And I just like it, like, you know, last thing I'll say on it is if you get that out of the way up front, if you develop that understanding, and we have with our audience at this point, we just put it right there in front of them and say, this is a thing you're going to have to think about. Mm-hmm. And you can, then you can talk about the creative stuff and yeah. you can talk about the fun parts of business and how you get there, but you got to get that baseline down. So that was the first one. Yeah, um, love it. The second one I've talked talked a lot about, you know, over the podcast i was trying to figure out how many podcast episodes we did together when once i joined it's, it's got to be like 75 or something yeah we could figure that out um 
Maybe one of our astute readers or, li- or listeners yeah, there you can go, can go, go back find and count, it. Oh, that'd be awesome. I don't wish that on you. If you want to, though, go for it. Um, one thing I think I brought up a lot, though, was this superpower that I found in the customer interviews that I did over time mm. of expertise and how cool it was when somebody came to the table to start a business and they had spent 10 years building a skill set. Yeah. Man. And I'm not saying you can't build a business without it, but some of those people who showed up day one with 15 years having done whatever, or five years even doing Facebook ads or in the newspaper business or teaching in the classroom or, or being a chef or whatever. Or playing an instrument. Yes, or, exactly. Yeah. Those skills can become such cool businesses. Yeah. Uh, and they just, seeing those people thrive as business people made me realize that, oh, if you put in the hard work, the thing that you're always talking about, the thing that nobody wants to do is go put in all the, you know, the years of effort to yeah. be good at something. Yeah. You show up like that and then the business part is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I won't say it's formulaic, but when you've got a thing that people want, a skill that people want and you can teach it or you can share it with others, mm-hmm. man, that's a powerful business yeah. asset. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and just l- thinking about a lot of our um, biggest success stories, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those people started out with some major expertise, photography or, yeah. or yeah. playing an instrument or uh, having design skills or whatever. Um, and whenever someone struggles for a long time, especially in the beginning when they're having a hard time nailing down, what's my topic? Who's my audience? What am I going to build this business on? It's because there isn't a clear cut thing to go after. And so uh, not only do they have to figure out how to build a business, but they have to figure out how to gain all the skills that it's going yeah. to take to build the business, including yeah. the substance of the business itself. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. you have enough skills that you have to learn anyway from, you know, marketing to sales to hiring to uh, content, you know, creation and all that. Mm-hmm. But then in addition to that, having to figure out whatever the thing is that you're going to teach or create or sell, that's a hard row. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, I, uh, I, that expertise thing is—it's tough. I mean, because so many people right now are finding Pat Flynn or someone else and going like, "Yeah, I want to do a blog. Mm-hmm. I want to try to get my hand at passive income. I want to do. I don't like my job. I want to do this." And probably a lot of people listening to the show just going like, "Yeah, I want to do something like that. I just don't know what yet." And they're oftentimes younger or older. You know what I mean? And 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 thinking about an idea that is not not what their career has been to date, totally. you know? And it's such a painful, or not painful, it just can be such a... Because the truth is, um, in fact, I'm doing a uh, a video right now that kind of speaks to this, and it'll be out when this podcast is out. This idea of like, if we think like... There's two ways of, of doing this business stuff, and it, it, largely when you're talking about blogs and podcasts, like you're already the expert. You're like, I remember one fizzler a long time ago. She's like, I've got 30 years, 30 plus years of post-traumatic stress disorder totally. uh, working with clients. I'm just an expert in that. And so I'm trying to bring that online yeah. to work less hours with the clients and make more revenue serving more people basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, there's people like that that are coming in with the expertise. And then there's people who just want to be entrepreneurs. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's And it's a really tough battle, I think, in some ways for them, unless they can go full on newbie. You know what I mean? Think like an actual noob, listen to advice. Um, and, and actually, I don't know. Something about it is like, is like, that doesn't speak to the, everybody's a newbie about entrepreneurship, but, but 
really geeking out on your topic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, right. there are some instances though where the opposite happens where somebody comes in with the business expertise. You know, they know the business. Part. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like I think of uh, of Derek Halpern comes to mind when he started Social Triggers. He yeah. had done all of this ridiculous work and like um, tabloid, online tabloids basically yeah. or like entertainment celebrity news. Gossip, yeah, celebrity gossip. And then he turned that into, he leveraged his business expertise he had built and turned it into social triggers and built the expertise yeah. having already done the business stuff. Totally. So it does go both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it doesn't, I mean, it does not take long to be seen as an expert. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? It and really whole, doesn't. Yeah, right, and so, the, and, and that's where the choice of topic matters so much. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, for example, like Chase, you have this burgeoning new business potential coming out, which is reviewing bags. <laughs> And it's like, that's not no, something... all of my money was made a long time ago when I was doing reviews of rickshaw bags, and right. now I don't make any money. I just get bags, which is... <laughs> right, but still, I mean, you can see the potential. It's like those... Yeah. S- some of those videos get watched more than anything else that you make. Yeah, more and, than anything else that that company's ever made. Right. You know what I mean? Online. And, and that's not necessarily something that you would have to bring 10 years of experience to, no. because you're the consumer. You're that's not right. The ma- you're not the manufacturer of them. Yeah. And so there's there are topics like that that are either new or that for some reason don't have a lot of experts in or yeah. require you to gain that expertise. That and and they're, they're like, for. they're like hobbies. They're, 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 they're geek topics. Yeah. They're like, yeah. they're things you geek out on. Yeah. Right. They're like Pokemon. They're Dungeons and Dragons. Right. They're Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. TV shows they're or whatever. TV yeah. shows. They're actors and actresses. I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Remember like the, the, they're still like massive fans of that show yeah. that like talk on forums. Or like Cliff things. Ravenscraft, the, the podcast yeah. answer guy. He started out ha- with a podcast that reviewed a TV show, talked about it every week. Really? And that's how he got his start yeah. and, it, yeah. and it became really it. huge. So yeah. but the, the point there is that you have to, like you said, geek out on a specific topic and, yeah. and become the expert on that topic. Yeah. Um, and then, and then people will follow you. The issue is that what most people end up doing is they look inside themselves at what they want from their life. And then they decide to make that the center of what they create, which Mm -hmm. is either I want to change my life. I want to quit my business. I want to become an entrepreneur. And so they start blogs about those things and they just become yet another me too voice. Totally. And if I, if there's one thing that, that, yeah, that I would see as a, as a definite trend and something to watch for yourself, dear listener is exactly that thing, yep. right? Yes, you want to start a business. That doesn't mean you need to start a bi- blog about b- starting a business. Uh. Yes, you want to design your lifestyle. Yeah, doesn't mean you need to start a lifestyle design design blog, right? Right. The thing that I'm always pumped about is when I hear someone who's just like, you know, I've been into this thing for a while. I've been a dungeon master like in my hometown yep. for the last like ten years. Yep. Like Steph's husband, <laughs> he's totally. a dungeon master. Yeah, and he just does that, and, and I'm really good at it. And people are always asking me for stuff about yep. it, so I I started a little blog, and it's starting to gain some traction. So I'm like, what could I do with this? Yeah, you mean someone like that, and that's that expertise. Yeah, that yeah. there's no difference between that. That that is that expertise, mm-hmm. you know. And I love that. Yeah, another another quick example here mm-hmm. while we're on it. A friend of mine in Seattle, he has this company called Hairball Audio. Hairpies? Hairball. <laughs> Hairball. Hairball. Yeah. And uh, he was he was like a typical, you know, garage musician. Uh-huh. And he, he did that for a long time, played in bands and stuff. And at some point he kind of realized he was just a crappy musician. Uh-huh. But he was pretty good at the audio stuff yeah. and, and like figuring out the gear and, and, he, and he helped his friends and stuff kind of work through this and whatever. And mm-hmm. eventually he kind of started taking equipment apart and he went on to start selling DIY kits to, to create like a compression um, component that fits in with your stack. Nice. 
And it's a huge business now. He quit his really? day job. He's got like three employees. Like badass, like classic, like some sort of compressor that's on what, on your com- on your. It ships as like a kit and with all the components not assembled yet, and you put it together, so and he gives cool. you the. It's so cool. And there are so and many audio like, files, and just like people who would be so into it. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. And, and again, that came from a hobby. It came from geeking out on something, and it came from just trying to you know scratch your own itch. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, y'all went down the um the same thought process that I did. Uh, which was that my next point here was that it's so easy to get jaded being in this business um, where you see like, you, f- you start to feel like 90, 95, 99% of new sites are about finding your passion or personal development or blogging about blogging, just like we were just talking about. That was the my next one here, yeah. point number three. Uh, but the flip side to that is we got this amazing opportunity to see so much more than that at Fizzle. You know, coming into yeah. a business like this or into a company like this, coming to work for um, for you guys, it's easy to think, oh, this is just, it's going to be nothing but blogging about blogging or whatever. Mm-hmm. So many of our customers, there's so many examples like the ones we've been talking about that yeah. are so much more than that. They, they picked a topic that has nothing to do with personal development or nothing yeah. to do with building an online business. Mm. And that was... Uh, it was special to me. It was important to me to see that because that makes it real. It yeah. makes this business much more real to me yeah. when you see that it's not just this pyramid scheme thing. Mm-hmm. We're teaching real people to take what they know and what they love and turn it into revenue that supports their family. And all those examples mean so much to me walking away from this thing. Yeah, and it, some of that came up from the 25 Up and Coming yeah. Entrepreneurs yeah. last year. A lot of it's come from the examples that we've shared on the podcast, even just this mm-hmm. year. We talked about Adam with his um, uh, yeah, coloring posters, and yeah. posters for uh, Advent and, and Easter mm-hmm. and things like that. We talked about um, the woman who makes the dog beds that use yeah. human yeah. pillows. Cozy Kama. Cozy Kama. <laughs> Um, all of those examples are just so fun because you never would yeah. have thought of that business idea. It's a lot of stuff that you would maybe see on something like Shark Tank, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. Uh, but these yeah. people are are out there doing it on their own, mm-hmm. finding a market on their own. They're not going hat in hand to some investors selling yeah. their soul away. And yeah. uh, you can do it, you know? Yeah. Or one of my favorite ones was uh, Courtney Sperlaza, who uh, was a scientist for a long time, like has a PhD. And then they moved for her husband's job and she was trying to find ways, she homeschools her children. She was trying to find ways to teach her kids science through experiments and she couldn't find any good mm-hmm. experiment kits. And she, because she lived in a small town, it meant she had to run around all over the place to get the materials she needed. She got a hardware store and a Michael's and all over yeah. the town. And uh, she figured, well, if I'm having this problem, other homeschool moms are probably having this problem too. And they'd like to help their kids do experiments. Yeah, And it'd be nice if the stuff just showed up. And so she created a subscription box for science experiments for kids. And it like, it took off so much that she had to slow it down. <laughs> she had to be like, okay, I can't take any more new customers basically. Yep. And oh, I, I love just that. love those kinds of stories, man. Yeah. It's so cool to me. Yeah. That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's easy to get jaded mm-hmm. in this business because now what makes us, what makes you jaded when, when you're in, in this business? I'm trying to think through. Um, so one of the things that, that definitely uh, can make you jaded over time is just this constant onslaught of of new entrepreneurs because we see a lot of them who give you the same song and dance Mm -hmm. every time Mm -hmm. i really want to do this thing i'm really serious i'm dedicated you know i've been working on this idea blah 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 and they just 90 percent of the time they never go anywhere Mm -hmm. and um and it's you know life gets in the way or whatever but it's it's really easy to want something but it's very hard to actually go through all the effort it takes to to achieve it and so you know hopefully 
people are giving up partly because we're educating them on all the things that actually needs to happen for mm-hmm. them to do it. Um, but it, it can definitely jade, jade you. And, and so, you know, I always try to be courteous to people when they come in and they're, and they're excited about their idea. And I try to give them a little bit of that back. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't like invest your, your heart and soul into every one of these business ideas yeah. Yeah. on behalf of someone else anymore, because mm-hmm. you did that a few times totally. and then you saw somebody just kind of fade and, mm-hmm. and end up, you know, going away and never coming back. Right. Again. Yeah. 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 And you can see it happening. You know, if, if you're not seeing people hit small milestones along the way and they keep coming back with the same thing for too many cycles. You just know it's like, ah, I can see the wheels falling off here. And it's so much easier for us to see it from this like removed vantage point than it is for the entrepreneur yeah. going through it. It's yeah. so hard for them. I, I, the thing that my video is on that I, I, again, I'm, I'm, it's out now. It's happening now. It's all at the same time. Like I'm living in two places at once. Um, is just about is about this idea of when we think we're fur I think this is I think this is systemic. A lot of us do this. We think we're further along than we really are. Mm. Like we think we're more advanced or more developed than we really are. Mm-hmm. So it makes it really hard for us to actually go and take advice or actually go and just like so for instance, we can see where Gary Vaynerchuk is right now, but we don't necessarily see all the, the long path of him figuring out how to be himself, how to, how to, what the market wants, like what's valuable, what people want and all that stuff. Right. Right. So we're like, when I get, when I get started, I need to start at that level. And we just right. like, I, that's where I need to start from. We don't go and look like, where was Gary V five years ago? Mm-hmm. And like, or, or where was he when he started? Yeah. And then I'll start there. Right. Right. And, and that is such I got to imagine that's, that that would just if if you've got your expert or your person that you're like I would love to have a business like this you go like you research you find the original stuff that they publish and you just focus on that yeah like, where were they then you'll probably see it's not that great yeah um, you'll probably see there's some heart and soul in it and the only thing that matters is that they kept doing it yeah you know there was enough little bit of traction that they kept doing it so I think that idea of not thinking you're further along than you than you are not despising the day of humble beginnings. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And just kind of piece, kind yeah. of caring enough to stick your neck out mm-hmm. about this thing. That's what makes you successful. Right. You cared enough to stick your neck out. Yep. And if you keep doing that, then, you know, and who knows how long until you're doing stuff at whatever caliber, whatever taste that you wanted to. But that's, I just, I think that, that we're, we're, I think a lot of people are really bad at that. You know what I mean? Like when it's someone's hard. saying like, this is what you should do. And you're like, yeah, 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 I know, I know. Right. I know. You know what I mean? It's, it's just kind of that. You know, it's hard to say like, yeah, okay, I'll spend five years doing that. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll be humble enough to say that that's where I need to start. Or even just like, okay, okay, okay. Like, and so my trick on this that I, that I talk about in the video is, is so for me personally, like I want to get a little more involved politically. I want to be more active. I don't know how, and I don't know in what way, but I'm like getting kind of turned on by this. And my little trick is like, is this construct, this sentence that says, well, it's not like I'm going to be blank, but I can at least blank, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like I'm going to be Martin Luther King, yeah, but I can at least host a documentary night with some of my friends. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? It's not like I'm going to be... I thought you were going to say, stand up for what you believe in. <laughs> no, but, but just like a, a, like a simple like a simple thing. And that's, that's thinking that's true, small. Yeah. Yeah. That's thinking small. Well, it's not like I'm going to be Gandhi. Mm-hmm. But I can at least like you know whatever do like insert name of I can at least make flyers and put them around the neighborhood. I can at least like host a little rally thing. I can at least I don't know what right. Yeah. But when I'm thinking small and I'm thinking local, I'm thinking like tiny. Then I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm not trying to be like totally. start you know Corbett Barr or, or or Pat Flynn or or Elizabeth Gilbert. 
Right. You know what I mean? I'm just trying. I'm just gonna like. I just care about this sort of thing, and here's a little way that I can contribute. Mm-hmm. But and I think Nike building up from there. Like Mike. <laughs> no, now that it's is so different. Hard, though that it's, is different. Bo does know. It's so hard not to think that that's just where you skip straight to. You know, it's yeah. hard to imagine like Barack Obama knocking on doors in Chicago community organizing. Yeah. You know, you hear community organizing. It's like this big thing. It's like no, no. He went door to door and told people to come to a thing where they could get educated so that they could go vote. Right. Right. You know, that does it. That's not sexy. That's mm-hmm community organized. I don't yeah. want to go knock on doors. That's weird. It's work. And it's yeah. weird. You know, it's but like, and the only reason why you do that is because you're turned on enough, yeah. right? By the thing. Not you're not turned on by knocking on doors. You're just turned on and like, hey, I want more people to know about yes. this candidate or this idea. Yeah. And that one came up for me. That was that was my last one, but so I'll come back to my fourth one. But my fifth one, you asked me for five. The fifth yeah. one was entrepreneurs with a mission are so much more potent than entrepreneurs just trying to make a buck. So back Mm. to the whole idea of just, I just want to make some money Mm. versus having a mission, like having a problem that you are trying to solve can be so powerful because you come in instead of just like, you know, I'm passionate about this, uh, therefore that must be my business. If you search for problems and make it your mission to solve a problem for people, a real problem, a real felt need, um, I think it can really change the way you approach things. It can change yeah. your business. It can change the future of the business too and and how successful it can be when you focus on a thing that needs solving. And so like you getting activated around a cause, a political cause, for example, you see a problem. You see things wrong in the political system, yeah. I would guess, that make you want to contribute in some I see way. injustice. I see right. indignity. And I'm just like, this shouldn't, this shouldn't be like that. Right. Yeah. And there are, you know, sometimes government has to solve things. Sometimes business has to. Sometimes nonprofit have, or nonprofits have to. But there are plenty of problems that are marketable and that you can solve in a business yeah. way. And I think if you come in with a mission to solve a problem, it can really, really, really change things from coming in with a me, me, me approach. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you see this in big organizations all the time. The ones where all the employees seem to be flailing and, and not enjoying their jobs. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are just clearly profit driven and there's yep. nothing behind yep. it. There's no, no core philosophy behind the company. And, and so they have no guiding star. Right. There's no North Star for mm-hmm. them to know yeah. whether or not they're doing the right thing. Totally. Yeah. All they're trying to do is like try a bunch of shit and see what which ones make money. Totally. I mean, we Melissa and I we just got a new car. We just we just got a, a new uh, a, a new car. We're selling oh. our other one and got a new one. There you go. And uh, uh, because you learn gonna, something every day, sometimes yeah, yeah. live on the podcast. Sometimes, yeah. And man, being in a car dealership, we le- we're leasing like it's a brand new. We're leasing. We have got a great deal on the whole thing. But it's like, dude, these guys. Doggy. And I've been a sales guy a couple times in my life, and I know a lot about salesmanship because of my dad, because of Andy, mm-hmm. because uh, one of my close friends, and just like, and just because of business, mm-hmm. you know. But like, first of all, you got an organization like Toyota that's so large, there are so many people along the way from that car being, you know, designed to that, to, to when you drive it off the lot, like just like so many people involved, right? To the to the point where like at the very end, it's like a sales guy going like, let me talk to my manager about this for you. And yeah. then you do, they Isn't do that the crazy? dance, we're doing the dance and all that stuff. And and it's just like, they barely work for you, Toyota at this point. You know what I mean? They're just yeah. barely there. And the, and the manager, he's just got units to sell. You know, and all of this, and I'm just looking around going like, the ear, it's, it's, 
dude, it's that damn movie. Why, the leads are bad. Yeah. The leads are bad. Why can't I think of the name Glenn of the movie? Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. That movie ABC, is baby. the most heart-wrenching movie for me, personally. It's, it's really bad. And then Bob, Bob and David did a that, uh, whatever, Mr. Show thing on Netflix. They did a, a little uh, skit about salesmen, like a, and it's so like dead on, like and, and horrible and dark and all of the things. Anyways, all that to say, so much that for some reason that was always really painful for me, like really traumatic. The idea mm-hmm. of not liking my job felt like such a prison that like I couldn't even cope, mm-hmm. which is why I turned into a little ballerina trying to find fairy dust in every little <laughs> around every nook and corner. You which know, to me means you went searching for a mission you could believe in. Like in some ways, part of it, it's a that. feeling though. Part of it's yeah. just like a feeling of work. But that, but because that, I've I've resonated with the same thing. That mission thing, it's it's night and day when you talk to yeah. someone, and it it is is so rare. So yeah. rare that you talk to someone who's like, no, this just needs to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, either they're activists about that or they're like, I'm just really into Minecraft and making videos and I teach kids how to make Minecraft videos. Yeah. Or they're wh- whatever it is. They just see something almost, I, I, I don't like using the word spiritual, but almost spiritual in it. Almost more holistic yeah, than yeah, just. Yeah. Than, yeah. And, and so maybe it can, maybe it's, it doesn't have to necessarily be like a, mission it just has to be some deep-seated care for yeah for what you're Something working that on feels important yeah do you know what i mean yeah it's just like connecting to the meaning of it maybe you know yeah. it doesn't yeah. need to be like a societal shift because right. of your business but if you know why you're doing what you're doing basically yeah. at the end of the day like the whole simon sinek thing i think is is pretty powerful mm-hmm. you know if you can connect to the the purpose the why the like yeah and, and so so just to put some meat on like why maybe why that is like one theory i think is that when if you have two people who come to the table uh, to fizzle or, or somewhere else who who don't have experience but want to be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you have one who has some clear passion. They believe something needs to change in the world. Mm-hmm. And then you have another one who just needs to make money because they hate yep. their job. Yep. When the going gets tough, the question is like, what's going to keep you going, pushing through all the dips and hurdles yep. and speed bumps and things yep. that you're going to hit along the way? It is possible that someone cares so much about the craft of entrepreneurship that that could mm-hmm. motivate them. Mm-hmm. We've or, seen that before. Or care sure. so much about not being poor or not being like dad or, yeah. or whatever. That can be enough. Yeah. Uh, but more often than not, what we see is that somebody who just feels like they need to make some money, they can kind of live with the pain of their job and their life and yeah. whatnot. And there's nothing pulling them forward. Yeah. It's like a deeper thing, the, mm-hmm. the purpose or the right. care for mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like yeah. in, in a lot of cases, if it's just that you're geeking out about something like bags or whatever, yeah. you're going to do that whether or not you're trying to make money from yeah. it. Yeah. And so you're, you're continually making progress, even though you don't feel like you're working on your business totally. because you're getting smarter and smarter right. about yeah. the thing that you sell. Yeah. 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 hundred uh, percent. My fifth one here was that, all of the marketing hype in the world cannot fix a broken product. Um, I think we've seen a lot of businesses where the problem is not in the marketing tactics. It's not in the blog or the podcast that somebody's running. It's in whatever it is they're selling. Like they're not actually selling a product or a service that solves a problem for their people, Mm. their customers. Um, And that's as much a lesson about what marketing is and isn't as it is about the product. I think, you know, marketing can be a great accelerator of a thing that's already working, yeah. yep. but it's not going to fix an underlying problem in a product that doesn't actually do what it says it does. Yeah. yeah. And I think if there's a lesson there for me, it's that you have to start with a product that does the job. Mm. And that doesn't mean you have to, it has to be the flashiest. You know, we talk a lot about minimum viable products, but that minimum uh, viable version of it has to work still. It still yeah. has to do the thing it says mm-hmm. it does, you right. know? 
Um, I don't know if it was Mark Suster or Paul Graham. One of them wrote an article about this, how like we, sometimes we've taken minimum viable product too far. Mm-hmm. We're like, you actually aren't doing the thing that you say you're doing with you're, the product. Right. Yeah. Your product has to do that thing. Yeah. And only then, only once your product actually does a thing, should marketing actually start to work for you. And mm-hmm. that'll really get the wheels turning. But that's been an interesting one to me to see that promotion, attention, um, praise, those things don't yeah. make a business. You know, a core mm-hmm. product that actually serves the audience makes the business. Oh man, and it's so, it's so like, there are so many consequences to that lesson. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can have all the stars aligning and, it, and you got the testimonials, you got the investors, you got the, like things are going and it's mm-hmm. like, damn, this is going big. And overnight, it's like a storm comes in and someone's assets get freezed up and you're just like, you know what? Actually, I have to I have to get rid of this whole company now because apparently nobody wants to invest in me anymore and now I can't, I yeah, can't even and, staff the place, you and, know? You know, and the, I think that's a separate issue. That's that maybe you built a house of cards. It's yeah. not necessarily that your product isn't good. It's that you didn't give your product a chance to breathe with yeah. cash flow positive. Going too and, fast. Right, right. In yeah. some ways, you need the investment to go too yeah. fast. But it, I think it, you're right. You're right. There, We should make a distinction between, because what you're talking about here is a little more like, like okay, I have this product that is like, it's okay. Um, I need to learn how to do copywriting. I need to learn how to make sales pages. And I need to learn how to do Google AdWords or something mm-hmm. like that. And now I would normally say, yes, I give you three months to do whatever you can on that, make changes, A-B tests, do the stuff, then come back. Because one of the next big, big pieces of growth for you to try out is improving the pro- product. Yep. Do you totally. know what I mean? And so to what you were saying about the MVP, if the, if the product isn't doing what it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. that's why I think the, the real skill of being an entrepreneur is, is only one thing, and it's just knowing who your audience is. Yep. It's knowing what they care about, what they need, what the problem actually is. A good entrepreneur isn't someone, to, or a good whatever, indie entrepreneur to me, is someone who goes, who is already thinking of like, of, they're not thinking, I need to make a product so I can make money. They're thinking, people really need help with this thing in particular. Yep. I wonder if I could make something for that. And a great example of that that I love from our audience is Claire Pelletro, who we've talked about a number of times on the show. Yeah. And maybe people are tired of hearing about her, but she's a great example because she started by doing Facebook ads for other people. Yeah. Um, and then she realized she could get more leverage by creating a product to teach other people how to do their own Facebook ads. And that solved the problem for some people. Like some people were motivated enough and um, savvy enough with technology to be able to manage them themselves. Yeah. And then what she started to, to realize was that what most people actually need and want is a person to do it for them that they can work in conjunction with, not mm. an information product. Um, and Claire realized, well, I don't have enough time to serve all the people that want me to do this for them, and I don't really enjoy it that much. Yeah. So she kept working on this problem and realized that, well, if I just trained some people to become Facebook ad consultants, they could go serve all the people that want the service. Yeah. And then I make money off the people learning to be ad consultants. I help them create a business opportunity yep. for themselves. And all those clients who come to me, now I can point to people I've trained that I trust and send them to them. Yeah. And that's become a great business for her. Yeah. And I just love that she really, fo- you know, one way to look at that is, no, I'm just going to sell more. I'm going to convince more people that the solution is this information product. Mm. And she still sells it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she knew that the real solution for most people was having a human to work with. And she went at that problem and solved that one too. And I just love that. Yeah. yeah. The way the way I like to look at this is like, I, th- I think of this as a continuum. There's, there is product quality and, and, and the need that a product fills. And then there's marketing and marketing mm. effectiveness. And, mm-hmm. and all businesses are on some sort of scale. And at one end of the scale 
is, uh, let's say, a cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. You don't need marketing for that because word's going to get out yeah. and spread yeah. like wildfire. Mm-hmm. On the other end of that spectrum is Trump University. Mm-hmm. All sales and marketing and yeah. no quality. And you end up with a massive lawsuit on your yeah. hands yeah. because you defrauded people out of their money. <laughs> yeah. So the question is like, which end of that spectrum do you want to be on? And the closer you are to the other end where your product is desperately needed, the less marketing that you have to do. Yeah. So the more you feel like you have to really rely on marketing, probably you have some sort of a product quality issue or there's a lot of competition. There are other factors that sure, sort of compound sure, of course, it. Right. Yeah. But you know, marketing is really sort of a, a multiplier of the quality of your product. Mm-hmm. And if the quality of your product is zero... You can't multiply it by anything right. and, and get more than two. Well, I'm, yeah. not, I'm a reader, not a mather, so please don't uh, do the multiply. I just don't even. Just These are really in. good, Barrett. I need yeah, to those are my five. These uh, are awesome. I yeah. could have probably came up with more, but I think those are just like the biggest ones that I could think of as themes that we saw across time. And I think if, if people kind of stuck to like, so if we go back through, okay, so if you uh, if you address money as, for what it is, mm-hmm. like you need money to come into your business, figure out how much yeah. and then just know that that's a thing. Which is also, I mean, that's like a, that's a journey to like, to like totally. renegotiate how you mm-hmm. feel and think about money yep. is like a, that takes time. And I don't for know, sure. I don't know who, what guru is out there doing that. I mean, Dave yeah. Ramsey is teaching you how to save some money, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about like someone who can make me see the world as just like money is, is not. Uh, immoral at all it does it doesn't have a good it doesn't have a bad there's not too much there's not too little there there it is nothing Mm -hmm. right it but but you use it like you would use colors in a paint yeah like you know in a painting so it's like i want to think about money that way so i can play with it and even as it's also important to like sustenance in some ways you know yep um money is a thing second one is like the more you can invest in building your own expertise i think the better it's going to make your business over time Mm -hmm. um related to the topic of your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The third one is there are amazing businesses being built out there that are not blogs about blogs and are not personal development yeah. blogs. There are amazing people building businesses of all stripes. And if you look hard enough, you can find a mentor or a role model for your business based on those. Mm-hmm. And you don't just have to be an also ran. Yep. The fourth one, uh, all the marketing hype in the world cannot fix a horrible product. Um, eventually the house of cards will come tumbling down. Yeah. And fifth, I think a mission can be really powerful. A mission or a purpose or connecting to the sense of meaning or why behind why you're doing what you're doing in your business is just a really, really powerful thing. Mm. There you go. Mm. Those are awesome. Mm. Love them. Yep. Love it. Love it. I'm just making my little notes here. Uh-huh. I also made a short list. We can go through these quickly. What's that? My favorite things we've made together. Let's do it. I'd love to hear it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So the first one was uh, was meetups. You remember launching meetups? Mm-hmm. Meetups were a long time ago. Yep. Yeah. They got a lot of steam up front, and then people realized hosting a meetup is quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think as w- in the cities where they've been maintained and where people continue to show up, they're pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool to see the photos, and those were a lot of fun. Um, the second one we mentioned earlier, you brought up, was the twenty five up and coming entrepreneurs to yeah. watch in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That led to some cool stories, to some people getting accelerated in their business. Some people fell off the map too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. That's the whole point of kind of putting some Being names up out and there. coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. That was a lot of fun. And I loved the design behind it and just like it felt different. You yeah. Know, felt like For people who haven't seen that, we should yeah. uh, put it I'll in the show notes. Mm-hmm. The show notes will be uh, fizzleshow.co slash 169. <laughs> Oh, 169. <laughs> that's my favorite. Um, it's my favorite number at the Chinese restaurant I go to. You know, everything's got numbers there. Yeah. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. a lot of menu mm-hmm. items. Yeah, it's a lot of menu items. Um, one of the most surprising and popular episodes of the show we've ever done 
uh, is the 23 tips to uncover what to do with your life. If you, if you have Looking, no clue. Thinking back about that yeah. one was really interesting to like see, you know, we just came at it with like, well, here's some things to think about yeah. when you're coming out of school or when you feel lost or whatever. Yeah, totally. And people love that thing. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I can picture the graphic. Yeah. Right? I can see the guy jumping in my yeah. head. <laughs> I know. That one, yeah. And maybe I'll put we, that in the show notes as well. Maybe we ended up promoting that one more or something. I don't know, but it got a lot of attention. And I just think it's it's interesting that like sometimes the stuff that resonates is that deep seated uh, existential. That's to me that, you know, that's the mother load right there. That's what yeah. people are out there looking for on the internet. They're looking for what should I do with my life yeah. and how do I find the motivation to make it happen? Yeah, yeah. I know. Totally. Um, yesterday you said, to, you said tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one was this week in fizzle. You guys remember watching that thing? Yeah. That has become a mainstay. That that continues to grow That is the best. For people who aren't in Fizzle, every Friday, you get a little little email that just says, like, here's the five top conversations from the forums this week, and here's the latest podcast, the latest blog post. So simple. Yeah, here are meetups that are happening. Here's the next Office Hours Fizzle Friday. Here's any new courses that came out. It's just a a nice synopsis of what happened this week in Fizzle. What should you be aware of? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's one of those core things. We don't have that many things that become like super core yeah. mm-hmm. that we do on a repeated basis, especially for that long. Mm-hmm. And that was one of them. Yeah. It's funny. I was, I was thinking about that and just how much of a, just a, a mainstay, a thing we counted on every week that it became yep. yeah. Thursday evening. You were going to get a, a message. From, it started up yeah. immediately. You started and it was a mainstay from the beginning. It's for like from so like funny. the second time. Uh, so that was interesting to think back about guys, the roadmap. Yeah. We yeah. spent eight months of our lives. We still are spending yes. eight months of our lives. Uh, and it will, it is the core of the product, but we, from scratch, Corbett like sat in his master, uh, like, I don't know, master, whatever. Master professorial. Bedroom. Pro- was, professorial. Master bedroom. Uh, <laughs> and by this like, I mean, my master bedroom. He sat on his uh, <laughs> porch at the beach and looked at the beautiful sun and realized in a moment of inspiration yeah. that we needed to build a roadmap. Yeah. yeah. Well, first I made a 70 page keynote uh, business case for it that I presented to you guys <laughs> to get your buy-in. We did. We had some very big, right. high-level conversations on yeah. that beach trip. That was yeah. great. Um, and ended up turning that into our MVP, which was many episodes of The Fizzle mm-hmm. Show. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that's become the core of the product. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 That worked out well. That was funny to think back about. And it's only getting stronger. Um, so I picked a podcast episode. I'll pick a post. One of my favorite posts we worked on in my two years here was the designing an ebook when you're not oh, a designer. Yeah. Oh man, that's such a good one. That thing became a that monster. Was a behemoth. Yes. And yeah. Chase did a phenomenal job. But the but best part was you were getting all the exactly. people from for, from Fizzle that were just like, hey, show me examples mm-hmm. of your ebook. And we were so every image that's in there is coming from Fizzler's ebooks. Yeah. And I loved that. I yeah. don't yeah. think I I would not have been able to to do that, you know what I mean? To take the time to yeah. just like, or in, you know, whatever interface. With yeah, that, that was a good people. collaboration. And it yeah. was way more time than we could have spent on every article every week, for sure. Yeah. But for that moment in time, that was just a really fun project that we got to work on together. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the last one that, uh, it, became, it, it was another one of these like throwaway things at first, I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, inspired by Steve Cam was the business archetypes thing. Yeah. It's just become this thing that people refer to now. Totally. And it's imperfect in a million different ways. Yeah. 
but it became a tool that yeah. informed people. And it's helped super them helpful. Yeah. It totally inspired. clarifies yeah. things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, and I forget where I was, but somebody literally just used reference, not ours, but just the concept of like a business archetype yeah. recently really? in a post. And I wondered like, you know, if that yeah. could, had rubbed off on them. Yeah, totally. So those are just seven things that I thought back about that we made together that were uh, pretty cool. Pretty Love fun. it. So, you know, it's uh, it's bittersweet here yeah, to, to see you go, of course, because um, we, you know, I, I like to think of people on the Fizzle team as entrepreneurs in waiting, you know, mm-hmm. because you're attracted to work for the yep. team for a reason. There's a lot of other things that you've probably got on your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's almost like a tour of duty. You know, you'll be yeah. here for a while. That's funny. It's teaching for America or Yeah, exactly. Or something. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. did your time. Uh, and uh, and now you're on to greener pastures. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we did get a lot of really interesting things done while you're here and you definitely left your mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of members are really going to miss your mm-hmm. presence around as we will. Yeah. Uh, so tell us what's on yeah. the radar for you next. Yeah. So people have been listening the whole time. Just yeah. Like right. Okay. 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 Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Click ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be doing two things next. Um, the first is I will be taking another full-time job. I'm bumping over to uh, convert kit to join their team. I'll be leading brand strategy for them and kind of community building amongst their customer base. So we'll be working on a lot of fun projects that you'll hear more about from me um, there. If you don't know about ConvertKit, it's an email marketing tool for professional bloggers is kind yep. of how they phrase their target market. Basically, it's the same customer base. It's just a software tool instead of a teaching tool, yeah. True, which yep. is really awesome. It means I get to leverage all these things that we've learned in a different company working on similar projects yeah. and uh, just a growing team. Yeah, so. fun project. Uh, great leader. Nathan's a yeah. friend of all of ours. Yeah. He's, he's he's an amazing dude. Yep. Uh, fast growing company. Yeah, really fast and, growing. And uh, you've got a lot of email experience. You you know hung out with mm-hmm. the dudes at Mailchimp. You did a lot of email stuff for us. It seems like a really great. Totally, thing. I think so. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. I think it's gonna be um it's gonna take everything I did here and like up it one level as far as the uh, magnitude, the kind of scale of it. I guess yeah. as far totally. as team size and mm-hmm. and revenue numbers and all that. So there's um more at stake for me, I'd say. And, uh, I like that. I like a little bit of pressure. I like a little, little bit of competitiveness and totally. yeah. so that's going to be fun. So that's nice. the first thing. Um, the other thing that I've set out as an ambition of mine is I'd like to double my day job income outside of work. Uh, and I will never impinge on my day job. I'll always do, you know, give 120% there, but I also want to have sources of income outside of that. So that when it's time to make a transition like this one, right. um, there's freedom and Which I can take my time and, and yeah. just kind of do what's right, not necessarily yeah. what's next. Um, so I'm launching a, uh, a boutique coaching practice, I'm calling it. I'll take um, five clients at a time where I'll work with them as often as they want, but at a very high level, it's not going to be cheap at all. And the goal of every engagement, which uh, I require six months commitment from the people I work with, is to 10x their investment in coaching. So to bring it, bring in 10 times the revenue that they pay me in coaching fees. And this came out of actually our coaching experiment. You mm, know, we launched yeah. coaching inside of Fizzle and we saw so many people looking for a coach and we kind of saw two different types, I'd say. One was the early entrepreneur who mm. wanted kind of a shortcut, maybe someone who could help them move a little faster than they felt like they could on their own, but they didn't really want to pay that much yeah. money because they weren't bringing revenue in yet. Yeah. But then there was another kind of entrepreneur who's making a full-time living, who uh, has kind of been through some battles in their business. They've been through the ups and downs and they made it to the other side to where they've met their MVI. And they're looking at all of these opportunities now. They've got resources that they can apply to growing and picking very different paths for where they go from here. 
And I think those complex problems that you get to at that point are the ones that are a little harder to design a curriculum for mm. because they're so personal, they're so yeah. individual. And those are the people I'll be working with. And I'm really excited about that. I think I'm gonna do um, really good work with them and, and get some cool case studies that I can point back to and, and say I've gotten to be a part of. So that's exciting too. Yeah, one of the things I've always seen you uh, be like most enthusiastic about and and just really committed to is coaching and and um, this just this process of shepherding someone through mm -hmm. uh, through growth. And I know that you've studied it a lot. Uh, I know that you've have some case studies and people that you've worked with already. And it sounds like you have a couple of spots left as well. Yeah, yeah, just a couple. Uh, on I'm, I'm keeping it intentionally small. You know, I don't want to overcommit. I don't want to have so many clients that I can't really put a lot of effort into each one. But I've got a couple of spots. If you wanna, if you wanna talk more about it, I'm happy to send along details. The best email to get me at is bb, just the letters bb at barrettbrooks.com. Bb um, at barrettbrooks.com. Yep. Nice. I love that. That's the one. Well, team, it's the end of an era. It's the end of an era. It's the start of a new one. It's the start of a new one. Yep. There's great stuff going on around here. And it is. And we'll continue to be. We're it's closing. a rolling start. That's right. Yeah, we're, it's, a roll, it's a rolling start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Papa was rolling stone, and I wish you would have come home, you know what I mean, just mm. every now and again. But Once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, this is different. This isn't it a, is. about that. Yep. It's something completely. Actually, <laughs> I don't even know why Didn't I said even, yeah. that. It's, yeah. uh, it's weird that I Sometimes would even bring that up. Sometimes you just kind of rhyme. And then... <laughs> but Barrett, it's been a blast working with you. And Thanks for having me. We don't, uh, we don't have any doubts about uh, what well, I feel like Senator Palpatine uh, will watch your career with great interest. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. She says to... Uh, cool, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me just roll my double-sided uh, die, my 20-sided die here for you. <laughs> um, guys, Ready for the last one? Yep. I've yeah. been Chase Warman Reeves. I've been Corbett Lee Barr. I gotta, I gotta use it. I gotta use it. I gotta use the filibuster. I just gotta say, guys, uh, to all of you who have listened to however many episodes we've done together since I joined the team, um, and really since you guys have been podcasting, even to, to everyone who's been a fan, who's been a customer, thanks. Yeah. You've helped build me up into who I am, and you've helped uh, make me a better professional, and you're gonna inform everything I do from here on out. So, know that I'm leaving the team but I'm not leaving you I'm always here for you and you can always get in touch and I'll be around so thanks for all that you've done for me I've been Barrett Allen Brooks and we'll see you there or we'll see you on another time so there you have it alright what a great show what a great list man we have loved having Barrett on the team his voice has been a huge help to listeners over the last hundred episodes or so and his ideas have helped shape what Fizzle is today. Thank you, Barrett, and we wish you all the best. Fizzleshow.co slash 169, 169. That's where you can get all the links from this episode, including the you know 25 up-and-coming entrepreneurs. If you never see, if you haven't seen that, it's a great-looking site. I made it. I'm pretty proud of it. Fizzleshow.co slash 169. Instead of an iTunes review, I'm actually going to read a quick email that a customer sent us. Jill said, I was a longtime podcast listener and was shocked when I actually did the trial. The courses way over exceeded my expectations. I think you guys may have an opportunity to help the listeners grasp what you offer in the courses better. If I would have known it was such high quality and fabulously organized, I would have joined sooner. 
Oh, Jill, that's so good to hear. Listen, maybe it's time for you, listener, to check out these courses that blew Jill away. It's true. We do really uh, do a good job on these courses. We believe in action, right? You got to take action. But we also know how hard it can be to take action. So we set up exercises and instructional material that are actually interesting, videos that are entertaining, so that you can start doing the things you want to do, because it's hard to do them sometimes. As I said at the beginning, as a listener of the of the Fizzle Show, you can try your first five weeks for free when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. Watch the video there to learn more and click the start my five week free trial button. All right, that's all for today. May your ideas flow out from a sense of play and wonder about the world you live in and the beautiful people you get to share your time with. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. Talk to you next. Fizzle Friday.